0: When we're in these situations where we're stuck you know we just we don't have any answers so we sort of tend to slide down further into our stuckness but if we realize that we may not have any answers right then but we always have questions and that's the time you need to sit down with yourself and start asking yourself those important questions.
1: Hey, everybody that listens to Superhumans at Work, know that all of these episodes are recorded with a live studio audience. Mind Valley members get a chance to join these sessions with the author themselves while we record these sessions. And at the end of every show, they actually get to participate in a Q&A session as well. If ever you're interested in joining Mindvalley All Access and become a member yourself, you'll get access to all the incredible courses from Mindvalley and so much more to be involved with Superhumans at Work, the Mindvalley podcast, and all the other incredible features when you become a member. We are disrupting the way that education works for the 21st century, and we want you to be a part of it. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman so you can learn more about this incredible offer, which will cost you less than $2 a day. That's mindvalley.com forward slash S-U-P-E-R-H-U-M-A-N. Now let's get started with the show. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. Today, I have two incredible guests that are going to be joining me about not necessarily giving you the answer, but really wondering what you should be Asking. This is really going to be the topic of the book that they've just released called Ask. And this is going to be a fantastic conversation because the people that I have here are none other than Mark and Crystal Hansen. So, Mark Victor Hansen and Crystal Hansen are here. They're going to be discussing the contents of their latest book, Ask. And if you're not familiar with them, we'll start with Mark being a speaker and best selling author. You would have probably known him as the chicken soup for the soul guy, which is often what he's being referred to. But he has started numerous businesses, has Spoken to over 6,000 audiences worldwide. And this latest book he mentions is one of the most important pieces of literature that he has put together with Crystal. And Crystal herself is a transformational life coach. She is a wellness and nutrition expert, and she has spoken on stages around the world as well. And together they have authored this book where we're going to go deeper into what is the power that comes through asking and what are the specific things we should be asking to see what kind of problems we have in our life and how we can overcome these challenges. So it's with my great pleasure to bring Crystal and Mark to the show. Welcome both of you.
2: It's our pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you, Jason. So happy to be here.
1: Thank you so much. Now, I wanted to get kickstarted with the fact that you've written a book, you've done some work independently. There must have been some inspiration. There must have been something that was happening in the world that got you inspired to want to put together this book, Ask, the bridge for your dreams to your destiny. So can you talk a bit more about the history that got you to collaborate and put this book together?
2: Most people, like you said, know me for the 500 million books I've sold on chicken soup, which is, as you know, Guinness Book of World Records. But what happens is that Crystal and I have traveled to 80 countries, talked to all those people that you talked about, and we meet wonderful people, educated people, professional people. But the difference between somebody who succeeds a little and somebody who is vastly successful is one thing and one thing only, and that is they know how to ask. And what we've discovered is asking is the bridge, like we did in our subtitle, From the Bridge to Your Destiny, And we're saying everybody's got a destiny and our destiny because we wrote this book is to help you get to your destiny. And the book's just out and it's rocking its way to bestsellerdom. And we think it's going to supersede, if you'll forgive me for saying it, my own creation with Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup of the Soul.
1: That's amazing. So you've seen this happen and we're having this bridge being created between the dreams and the destiny. Now we ask questions regularly. Are we doing it wrong? Are there some ways that we're limiting ourselves in the way that we currently ask questions?
0: Right, well we say there are actually three channels through which to ask, and those are ask yourself, ask others and ask God. And each of those channels are equally important because they each contribute to our journey and keep us moving forward. And like Mark said, you know, in our own personal lives, when we sat down to write this book, we realized that every adversity that we had confronted, every challenge that came our way, when we really drilled down into it, the way we were able to transcend those challenges was through asking the right questions at the right time. And so as we delved a little deeper into this, we realized it was such important information to share because asking is a tool that we're all born with, but along the way, we sort of lose it. You know, we come into this world As these beautiful, fresh, clean, uncorrupted beings, right? Little children. And we are so good at asking. We're all master askers when we come here. We want to know who, what, when, where, why, how, right? And then we're also not afraid to ask for more, you know, or ask for what we want. But over time, depending on how we were parented or what happened in school, you know, we get shut down. That's enough. Don't ask. I'm tired of hearing from you. All these things are our, our opinions, not valued in our workplace because they don't want to ask questions. They just want to tell you what to do. So, you know, just the way society is sometimes in basic life rejection, that beautiful ability to ask that we all started out with gets crushed out of us until we're standing there as an adult, actually afraid scared to death to ask anyone for anything, or we're ashamed that we don't have all the answers and that, you know, we don't feel comfortable asking for them. So we just wanted to inspire everybody to get in touch with that beautiful part of ourselves that we were all born with, that most of us have really lost. Mm
1: It's interesting because you speak about how, and, and I totally see this, like when we're young, it's like, Hey, stop asking. Like this is usually a mantra that gets told by our, our leaders, teachers, or parents. I speak a lot about sales myself. And I know like for people who have fear of asking for what they want in sales, oftentimes comes from your parents. They say stop asking, you know, whenever they're frustrated. But what I find curious is there's a component where you talk about asking yourself. And so How does this limitations and this exposure that makes us stop asking questions to others affect the way that we ask ourselves questions? Like, how does that end up coming in a way that's more limiting?
2: Well, I've been selling since I was nine years old. I was the top greeting card salesman. I sold little greeting cards because I wanted to buy a bicycle. My parents didn't have any money. And so I went door to door and I said, I'm earning my own bicycle, mostly to women in deep snow in Waukegan, Illinois, and said, would you like to help me buy a bicycle? Would you like to invest in one box Christmas card or two? And all the sweet women bought two, most of them. Well, the same thing went forward. I built a big business by the time I was 26, 1974, when the oil embargo hit America. And I built the Wall Street Racket Club Botanical Gardens. I've been in graduate school with a Bucky, Dr. Buckminster Fuller, Einstein's best student. And I'm now bankrupt because I did what you asked. Your first question was, can you ask a question wrong? I said, oh, my God, what if I go bankrupt? And I went and checked a book out of the library, how to go bankrupt by yourself. So <laughs> absolutely, yes, you, the size of your question, determines the size of your result. And wrong directed questions get wrong results. Right directed questions get right results. So because this business group, if they're not a millionaire, you say, ask your inner note how could I be on schedule to be a millionaire? And if you do that 100 times before you go to sleep tonight, your subconscious will wake up, but you got to write down the answer. But anyhow, so. I'm upside down sleeping in a sleeping bag for six months in front of another guy's room. And, you know, ask yourself, ask others, ask God, as you heard Crystal say, I'm asking myself, what do I want to do? And I said, I want to talk to people that care about things that matter, make a life changing difference. And I'm really depressed, I'm despondent, I'm ready to cut it loose and slash my wrist. And all of a sudden it comes to me, I want to do those talks. I go to my roommates in Hicksville, Long Island, New York, and I say, hey, guys, you know anyone young, not a lawyer, not a doctor, not a celebrity, a Broadway star, a star star? And they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's out in the Hicksville. He's a few years older than you. I mean, Hawpaw. And he's talking this morning. Here's my ticket. I mean, it was like a miracle. Once you get the right question, you go in the right direction. You go fast. So I get out there, listen to this guy mesmerizing an audience for three hours. I go up to him at the end, and I ask. I say, his name's Chip Collins. I say, teach me how to do what you're doing, because you're doing a marvelous job. He said, look, kid, the chance you make it is one in a thousand. You ain't going to make it. I said, well, just let me ask you the question. I'll buy you lunch. He said, OK, if I get a free lunch, but stay out of real estate because I own this market. You do life insurance. I did so well. Only Tony Robbins and I, as far as I know, did a 1,000 talks to you the first few years. But people kept saying, do you have that story in a book? So I did. A, my first book was called Stand Up, Speak Out, Win. I sold, Jason, 20,000 copies from the platform. Little audiences, six people, 20 people, never more than 40 or 50. And I sold 20,000 copies, of $10 each, made $200,000. I was back on my feet again. and." 312 books later, I've never stopped. <laughs> so everyone's got superhuman in them. And a lot of people are out there having a problem right now. And even when our publisher called on this book and said, COVID has stopped in publishing, so do you want to do it? And we said, no, no, no. We take adversity with questions and turn it into advantage. We'll figure it out. And like I told you, we've done all these wondrous podcasts with great people like you and a great tribe of, of superhumans here tonight at Mind mm-hmm. Valley. We're so thankful.
1: You just said something here that I think is powerful, is you take adversity and you ask the right question, and it becomes an opportunity. Did I get that correctly?
2: That's right. I mean, the first chapter in the Bible, the most important line comes out of the Joseph in many colored coat. What you meant for my harm, God meant for my good. And a lot of people are saying, well, you don't know how bad it here is. And we're in this cocoon right now. Well, we're going to break out of this cocoon, we're saying in the next few months, and we're all going to go into potentially high-flying butterflies, if you keep listening the right thinking like you're doing and do the right individual asking of yourself asking right people that can serve you and then ask god what is your real destiny because if you're alive you've got a great phenomenal opportunistic promotion oriented destiny
1: i love it so i want to go back you spoke of a moment where you didn't ask yourself the right questions where you're like oh how am i going to get bankrupt and all that was kind of what dominated your mind and emotionally that's kind of the space that you were in so i wanted to ask you for people who might be going through some struggle maybe it's you know finding themselves losing employment maybe they're not necessarily happy where they are working and the kind of questions that come up seem to be negatively dominated things like, ah, this sucks. This isn't fun. Why is this happening to me? These seem like very victim oriented types of questions. And in the moments that you're in those spaces, it seems like emotionally, that seems to be the the realm of possibility that exists. And so I wanted to ask, what's the advice that you typically give for people that are in that space to allow them to transcend and come back to a better place and ask those more powerful questions?
0: Right. Well, as a transformational life coach, Jason, you know, I tell people that while it seems like life is happening outside of us out there and it's coming at us and we're sort of trying to duck and dodge and keep all the balls in the air that is not the reality the reality is that our life experience the way we will experience life comes from the inside through our own mind and heart and so if we hold on to that truth then we realize that that time that we spend with ourselves, deliberately creating the life we want means everything. And when we talk about the ask yourself part, you know, you were talking about how do we get shut down from asking ourselves? Well, when we're in these situations where we're stuck, you know, we just, we don't have any answers. So we sort of tend to slide down further into our stuckness. But if we realize that we may not have any answers right then, but we always have questions and that's the time you need to sit down with yourself and start asking yourself those important questions, because when you ask yourself, that is your reflective journey that is going to give you all the clues and the direction forward that you need. So Mark and I say there are like three critical phases of that ask yourself part because people will say, well, tell me what questions to ask. And we do have lots of questions, specific questions in the book for specific scenarios because we talk about health and wellness, we talk about career, we talk about life purpose and we talk about relationships, all those questions that you need to ask. But just generally speaking, when you're talking about the ask yourself part, it's kind of a three-phase thing where you start with, where am I now? Okay, Because there's no way we can figure out where to go or how to get out of this or how to move forward until we know where we are. And then all the little sub-questions that start to come out, once you ask that question, where am I now? What's working? What's not working? Am I really happy doing this? Is this what I'm supposed to do? What's going wrong? What's going right, you know? And then, so where am I now is the first phase of that. Then the second important critical phase of that is, where do I want to be? And it is so surprising to me how few people in my coaching practice and just the people Mark and I meet, how few people take the time to contemplate that, to really ask themselves, what do I want? Where do I want to be? You know, rekindling that beautiful childlike desire to want, to give yourself permission to want Everything. It's great. That's how we evolve. That's how we become bigger, better, stronger, the greatest evolution of ourselves, right? So, where do I want to be? What we say when you're asking that question where do I want to be? Whether it's in your career, your relationships, your health and wellness, or your life purpose, ask that question from the nth degree of your most beautifully imagined success in that area. So, don't ask it from a limited state. That's the wrong way. You can ask the wrong questions, you know. Where do i want to be oh i just want to make you know another hundred dollars next month whatever just step back a little bit and start to imagine your greatest life so from that place in your imagination imagine the nth degree of what you're doing that is your perfect life and then start to ask yourself those questions backwards from the perfect place in your imagination okay in this perfect life in this perfect career who am i talking to every day what service or product am i selling or sharing with the world who is buying it? Whose lives are changed by this? Who am I talking to? Who is important to me every day? What conversations am I having every day? And in this way, when you start to ask those questions from your perfect scenario, you literally start to engineer your life backwards. You're creating an architecture of your perfect life. And it works. Believe me, it works. We do it again and again. <laughs> and, and then the third phase of that, which is really, really important too, is Where am I now? Where do I want to be? And what specific steps, action steps do I need to take there? Because we live in this physical plane. So once we create, you know, in the quantum world, we're starting to create it already with our intention, our mind, our greatest imagination. But then we need to get out in that quantum soup and start acting on it. You know, you're going to get answers you're going to start asking questions you'll get an answer out of the blue you'll think of a person something will will come into your awareness through a magazine or a website or something and it'll seem like the perfect thing then you need to take action on it you need to pick up the phone and call that person or email them keep that going keep it moving in the physical world in the action steps because that's how it all comes together in this beautiful beautiful way
1: I absolutely love that. I love also the fact that it starts with just being grounded on the current reality. So if I got this correctly, you have, where am I now? Where do I want to go? And then what's the next step? Just powerful questions to ask yourself that seem so grounded in, in not just being a victim, but really being able to have a realism of where you are and then where you want to go and having more of that clarity comes with those powerful questions. I wanted to ask if you have any story, whether it's with yourself or people that you work with, because a lot of people might be listening to this and saying like, there are times that you might've went down that journey There was a challenge, like the universe decided to test you. Maybe whatever it is that you set, you start walking that path and it wasn't going exactly how you imagined it. And so sometimes it's not always just going to be like, okay, I've set the questions and now everything's sunshines and rainbows. There's usually more challenges that come. So I don't know if you have a story that could show somebody that had that kind of challenge come into their life and how it still went into a beautiful kind of change of situation so that people can understand that sometimes you just need to stick to the path.
2: Well, when Jack and I wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, we knew that it would work because we were talking to audiences and they said, yeah, that story in a book again, like I said earlier, and so we put together this heart-touching, soul-penetrating book, and 144 publishers all literally said, hit the road, Jack. And I said, look, but I'm a nice guy. <laughs> no, <the truth laughs> is, Jack is great. Jack's great. I just couldn't resist. I love that joke, and I know it's a bad joke, but it, you know, <laughs> yes. I hope the tribe doesn't mind, because a lot of them have heard my part, Dr. Canfield, I'm sure, somewhere in some seminar watch and take. Anyhow, we went to the ABA, American Bookselling Association, we had three ring binders and backpacks loaded. It was three days. Now I've been working 17 days in a row speaking every day. I did Sundays at giant mega churches and Jack calls up and said, we're going to sell it ourselves. Nobody else bought it. And not only that, I've got to tell you one other thing. Our agent fired us. So And the agent said, hey, look, you guys, I'm taking you everywhere I know where to go. You guys are useless. You've got these sweet little stories. But look, they said the big book publishers, like I'm Simon & Schuster, I'm Randbus. Now, which, by the way, I'm with Seven Houses because we're a little prolific writing. So, but back then they said, oh, if we short stories sold, we'd sell them. And then anyhow, then we're selling books. We get a little publisher to take us. And then we can't, we're selling 20,000 a week, which is a number to get on number one New York Times. And they wouldn't let us in New York Times so." Jack said, do you have the courage to call that woman? And we're saying courage. You just got to step in your fears and do it anyhow. And because I've been selling, like I said, since I was nine in marketing and love it and love thinking big, I call up the lady at New York Times who handles it. And she was obviously a Harvard person like Jack. And I thought, well, maybe Jack should have called her. But She said, sir, here at the New York Times, we don't take multi-authored books. And I thought, you're sure of that? She said, I am absolutely positive we don't do multi-authored books. I said, my dear, you do the Bible. It's got 66 major authors, unless we had (laughs) (laughs) had maps, then it's 720. She said, boy, you're in next week. So the point of questions is exactly that. You're going to get thwarted. You're going to get stopped. You're going to hit withholds. And because it's a business group, I'll do just one sentence and say, the richest guy in the world now is one of my heroes, Elon Musk. And when they wouldn't let him make any cars, a governor of California was out to lunch that day and said, you're not making any cars. So he calls up 3M, said, you can't make respirators fast enough for this problem. I'll make them. I got 3D printing. I got people. I got metal. And while he did it, he also just happened to make 90,000 cars and became bigger than Toyota, Ford, and Chrysler at the same time. And is just rocking away and doing great things. Every one of us has greatness in him. If we ask the questions, how do you get over, under, around, or under, through the detour, the withhold, the people that are being temporarily blind or stupid or have blinders on, like Crystal said, they're stuck. Just don't get stuck in their stuckness. That's what I'm saying.
1: Beautiful. Thank you so much for that story, which wants me to lead towards the second part of the triad, because you talk about asking yourself. You talk about ask others and ask God. Now, is that technically a hierarchy? Is this where you need to start with yourself before going to others, before trusting in God? How does these dynamics work and is there an order to it?
0: You know, I think you intersperse them all the time, but your journey always starts with yourself and God, I think, you know, just really because when you ask God, you're really putting it out, but you're taking it to a broader perspective. You're really saying, you know, what is my greatest expression? It's so important to always stay in touch with that because you can start to almost like your camera's zooming in too small. And you're looking at your little life and you're thinking, this is what it's supposed to be. So it's so important to regularly put that out to God, to the universe, and just be you know, God, show me the way, show me. You are a part of this amazing creation, right? This beautiful universe. You're part of the creation. You're an important part of it. So tapping into that just gives you this bigger feeling, this boldness, this perspective. But then of course, the asking yourself part is like we said that reflective journey, you know, it helps give you clarity, helps you understand where you are, where you need to go. And also it's the creative part because as you're asking, you're creating from this higher place if you're asking the right questions. And then of course, you know, the second part is like asking others is such an important part of our journey because we are each other's greatest resource and none of us can accomplish what we came to accomplish here on this earth without one another. And so asking is really a tool, asking others is a tool for bonding, whether it's in business, personal relationships, whatever and it's so interesting when you look at the studies that we looked at for asking others people entering the study jason all felt like if they ask you know people questions or information or you know whatever they wanted to ask for help doing something they all went into it feeling like they would be perceived as being stupid ignorant uninformed or that they would be pushy and obnoxious so they held back because they didn't want to be perceived in such a way But the studies all show that if you're just willing to put yourself out there and ask the questions, there's an 80% more likely chance that you will get your request granted. So this perception we have is so flawed and so wrong. And listen, even if someone can't grant our request, what we always tell people is it usually has very little to do with you. In fact, it most often has nothing to do with you. You know, the person, is it's where they're coming from. Maybe they don't have the ability to ask. Maybe they just had a really bad day and they can't deal with your question. Or or maybe they have some hangups inside that don't allow them to share freely and openly, but it really doesn't have that much to do with you. So keep asking. You're going to find your perfect match, the perfect grantor of your wishes, and you're going to do the same for others. Also, the study showed that people who ask more questions in business relationships were perceived to be more likable and even in dating the people who ask the other person more questions was more likely to get a second date so those are really important studies to look at how important questions are in our world because when we're sitting with someone in a business situation we need to ask the questions first before we start trying to sell ourselves and we talk about this we have some really good stories in the book about going in, there's a story by Preston Weeks, they go in and you know, they're making this big pitch, they get the opportunity to pitch this huge behemoth. And they said, you know, we can only give you 15 minutes of our time. Well, they structured their presentation so they just very quickly gave an overview of their you know, skills and capabilities. It was a mining company because they wanted this big contract. And then, very quickly, you know, once they reviewed that, they didn't sit there and pound them and say, This is why we're great. This is why you need us and talk about themselves endlessly during the whole time. They switched the conversation and said, You know, tell us your 10 biggest pain points and tell us what's happening. What are the three biggest difficulties in your company? Are there any communication problems? Start to get to know your client. How can you? make any recommendation? How can you make any sale when you don't know anything about the person you're talking to or the company you're talking to? So asking questions is everything in business. It's everything. And it's everything even when you're dealing with your team, right? If you want to get your team to really perform, find out what their thoughts are. You know, find out what their feedback is based on what you just shared with them. Even if you're giving them directions, you know, do you have any questions? give me feedback. Are you seeing this the same way I am? Or is there something you're seeing that I'm not seeing? That kind of stuff is so powerful when you're willing to do it.
1: I love it. So I had one more question I wanted to bring in, which actually touches on one of our Mind Valley tribe members, Suzanne Moran, was admitting that she has asking phobia. And of course, while we do these Superhumans at Work podcast episode recording, we have a live audience from the Mind Valley members. So if ever you're curious, go to Mindvalley.com/superhuman forward slash superhuman to find out how you can join us during these live recordings. And this was really the question I wanted to ask, which is if I have ask phobia. Like we talked about how when we were younger, a lot of times we're being told stop asking questions what are the things that I can do to get me to stop being so fearful about asking others and feeling like this is going to be a judgment on me
2: Boy, you're hitting a home run for us here whoever's asking that thank you Jason but we found out there are seven roadblocks to asking first one and by the way all of us hit on some of them some of the time and some of them almost all the time first one is a sense of worthiness, self-worthiness or unworthiness, so it can be the pulsation between the two. Next one is doubt. (laughs) Am I good enough to do this and can I ask them without getting insulted or backlash? Number three is fear, which as you know is an acronym, false education appearing as real. And you know, in our country, FDR said you have nothing to fear but fear itself. You know, you confront your fears and make it disappear, written by Napoleon Hill originally. And then which every one of us knows somebody that no matter what you say to them, back to the dog ate the paper in school, to, you know, I didn't finish the assignment, I didn't make the sale, and the company's gonna go out of business because of me. Then there's pattern paralysis, where you do the same thing over and over and over again. And Einstein said, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect new results, you should be called crazy, right? And then there's the one that Crystal loves to talk to. Well, there's two actually naivete. Which you just don't know that you don't know. And that's where a lot of people are. And some people think they know and they don't know. And they're called sophomoric. And then the other one is disconnection, which, as I said, I'd rather have her talk to that because you said we could nominate anybody we want. So I'll nominate her for that. I can do it, but I'd love to have her do it.
0: Well, just disconnection just means you're disconnected from the dreams in your heart, you know. And that's really sad. We're seeing so much of that right now because of this, you know, the stress and strain and uncertainty that this COVID pandemic has put on all of us around the world. So that's very sad. It's the saddest one for me, because when you become disconnected from the, your own dreams in your heart, that's a really lonely place and it's a place of hopelessness. So we just want to really bring everybody back to life in their asking journey. you know, and once you do, once you start to take that asking journey again, you bring those dreams back to life and question by question, answer by answer, you know, breakthrough by breakthrough, you'll start to find yourself moving across that beautiful bridge to your destiny.
2: And the other thing we've discovered, if I may, is that what happens is, because we've done so many of these, is that people are writing us, like the other day we got 121 letters, and and what happens is people are saying, I didn't buy one book, I didn't buy two, I bought three. And, And we go, what? And what happens is they're buying two immediately, one for them and their work partner, spouse partner, church partner, temple partner, whatever that is, mastermind partner. And then the third one, they're saying, we're giving it to the library because the library is going bankrupt. now. You go to the library and say, I want a copy of the Ask book. And they said, we'd love to have it, but we're out of money and we're closed. But we have people drive up and pick up our books. So if somebody would give us a book, then we could lend out the Ask book.
1: That is brilliant. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for your time and thank you for coming to share these aspects for everybody tuning in. Like, what I really got from here is just understanding that the quality of the questions we ask is going to have a major effect on the life that you get to live. I love that the whole framework around ask is based on asking yourself, asking others, and asking God. Crystal really broke down that when you ask yourself, start the questions of where you are now so you can have an understanding of the foundation you want to build upon. Then start asking about getting clarity on where do you want to go. Because if you don't have that clarity, you're You're not going to have any pull towards any direction that will be a higher desire than where you are now. And then finally, you want to ask what's the first steps or how do you get started? That way you can take whatever is the grand imagination that you've set about what you want into your life and really understand that it starts with a single step. I love the stories that were shared by both Mark Victor and Crystal about how adversity will come throughout your journey. That's just part of life. But when you continuously ask some quality questions, you'll see that you'll be able to change those challenges into really advantages that allow you to step into a further level of greatness with every journey that you're doing, whether it's your professional journey or in your personal life journey. I love the aspect of ask God and no matter of what is your religious background, call it God, call it universe, or call it whatever is the unifying force that you see that is greater than the self allows you to understand that the realm of possibility is great. You know that you can step into a potential that's greater than what you can possibly imagine. And so keep that opportunity open. And when it comes to asking others, we really went back into the history where in our childhood, we might've faced these aspects where we've been told, don't ask so many questions. And if you have any kind of phobia around asking, know that we've went through a list of those reasons why people typically have phobia. And when you pick up a copy of this book, you'll be able to see how you can go deeper into overcoming those limitations. But I would hope that by listening to this, you understand that the power of asking is truly what is going to allow you to achieve the great life that you've always wanted. And this is going to be really where you can start asking those better questions and making sure you step into the greatness that you already have as a superhuman. Mark, Victor, and Crystal, thanks again for coming on the show. We're going to move over to the Q&A portion with our All Access members. So I just want to say thank you to all the podcast listeners and thanks again for coming on the show.